Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We have the pleasure of sitting down with Gino Stone, who I was just saying to him, this might be the closest back-to-back -back lounge appearances ever in lounge history. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's the biggest news of the week for you, right. obviously. Uh, Gino, congrats. One-year contract coming back. I think we all knew, you know, Gino's going to land back here. You know what I mean? I mean, you were, what, a free agent for uh, maybe 18 hours, 12 yeah, something hours? like that. Less than that. So uh, just what are the emotions, you know, returning? Um, just happy. You know, it's a place I wanted to be. Um, you know, I just – something I, I talked about my agent where uh, I would see myself, and I thought this is the best place for me. Uh, you know, I feel like what we have coming back, I have I got, what type of role I could have and yeah. um, what type of role I already had on this team. So I just wanted to expand on that and uh, – you know, just get ready to go work with guys and get ready for a Super Bowl run or something like that. Right, right. So so did it ever enter your mind like, oh, man, I, I, I could be playing somewhere else potentially, or you were always like, it's going to be the Ravens. I know it's going to work out. Yeah, I mean, I, probably um, when I didn't get the tender, uh, I was like, there could be a possibility I could go somewhere else, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, I saw the eye emojis on Twitter. Yeah. We always got to be reading the, the emoji <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I did have, I mean, I did have a few other offers out there, but, uh, you know, I just – I just felt like this is the place that I wanted to be, you know, um, you know so that uh, that's kind of what I went with. Gotcha. Gino, you've been a guy who, you know, ever since you came here, has kind of had to fight and earn your spot, and you've done it very well. Just curious about your mindset when you first came here because nothing was, you know, handed to you and given to you, how you've been able to just thrive and keep getting better in a place where, you know, you didn't come in with a spot that was guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, that's something I went through in college. You know, my, I, my, like, I started growing up all, all the way till I got to college. In my freshman year of college, I mean, I was like second team, third team. Played really just just kick off the first few games of the season. So I really burnt my red shirt just playing kickoffs because I wanted to be on the field. So I wanted to play. So, uh, you know, I worked, my, I worked my butt off, got all the way up there. And then I feel like it, carried, it helped me carry it over here because, you know, I feel like it would have been different if I would went all the way through college, say I started and then got to the league. There's some people that do that, and then they don't, they don't understand, like, oh, right, now i got to play special teams. And I feel like uh, Coach Ferentz and them uh, prepared me well for to play special teams and get ready for the league to play special teams. And, you know, here I had, to, I had to, like you said, I had to work all the way up. And one thing my coach in uh, Iowa, Coach Parker, always says, never get complacent. So every time I have that extra step, I can do something or I get – I feel like I'm comfortable a little bit, you know. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be like comfortable being uncomfortable situations. So that's why I try to keep myself in all the time. Um, <clears throat> just make sure, you know, I never get complacent uh, and and just know what, what I gotta work for every day. You talk about your your role and the potential for you to have a bigger defensive role. Obviously, the trade of Chuck Clark kind of opens that up a little bit. What, what was your reaction when you first saw the news that Chuck was was heading to the Jets? Yeah, I mean. Chuck was a big piece of our defense. You know, he wore the green dot, and right. everyone relied on him. Uh, he's a, one of the one of the biggest leaders on defense. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's part of the business, though. So you are, I mean, kind of kind of saw it coming, um, but you know, it just kind of sucks. But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I still respect Chuck a lot. I know he's gonna do great wherever he, wherever he goes. So. Um, you know, it's happy for whatever he does. Now, I know Chuck was kind of known for his film study and, and really knowing it, the opponent inside and out. Did you sit right next to him being like, all right, peeking over his shoulder, looking at his <laughs> notes, you know? Yeah. That, what, do you, what do you take from Chuck moving forward? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's actually funny because, like, sometimes in me, it's like Chuck would, like, I'm, I'm kind of the same, I'm the same type of person, you know? I like to right. watch, I see stuff on film, 
that probably like he wouldn't see and he sees on film stuff on film I I wouldn't see. So right. you know, I was always picking his brain and uh, you know, trying to tell him like, Hey, why why are we doing this? And he was looking at me like, shoot, I don't know, I didn't think of that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, there's cool. something there's some things where I'd be confused, I'm like, Why are we doing this? And he'll explain it to me. So yeah, you know, I feel like me and Chuck were like just always helping each other out and then uh especially with the like you said, the film thing, like I mean that's 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 a good thing about having all them set of eyes in the, in the film room because some people see stuff different than and then or think different so right um, but Chuck yeah he was one of the smartest guys in the room always and he always knew what was about to happen or by formations or wherever it was so you're gonna miss that in the room. Do you now obviously Kyle being there you know he's gonna you know Harb said he's gonna still play kind of a versatile role he'll probably play a little bit more deeper safety you know kind of mm-hmm. in Chuck's spot but do you kind of see yourself as saying? Hey, it's going to be me and Kyle. Kind of, we're going to be in the rotation, kind of like Kyle and Chuck were last year, and still playing a lot of three safety looks, most likely. Yeah, I mean, that's whatever, whatever Mike, whatever Mike and Harbs and them got uh, planned. You know, the, yeah. um Whatever the role is, it, I, that's what it is. Uh, but I can, I, mean, I can see that. I can see me, Kyle, and Marcus all working together. Yeah. Um, you know, do the same, basically the same thing we did last year with me, Chuck, and and Kyle. Whatever uh, Marcus is out, I mean, or vice versa. Whenever Kyle and Chuck and all them, just I feel like we're we're all pieces that could just rotate if someone went down like how Marcus did or whatever happens. I feel like we're all rotational movements that we got uh, all go in and play. Right. You mentioned Marcus being out last year. You stepped in. Your playing time went up defense didn't miss a beat can you talk about that experience and how much you think that'll help you next year yeah I just feel like that 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 whole experience and that uh them seven games I played a lot uh built my confidence and and, and really pro- I feel like I proved myself that you know I proved myself that hey you could you could play in this league and you could do it for a long time you know um you know I just that was like a, a welcome really like a welcome to the NFL moment for me because uh you know just being able to go, go out there and start all them games and to be able to perform at the level I did, you know, I just I just wanted to go out there and do my job. It's not I did nothing nothing too crazy, but you know, just to show I go out there and still uh, do my job and help this defense or any defense, whatever I was on, just uh, you know, perform at a high level, and I feel like we did. Part of bringing you back, I thought the importance was also special teams. You know, not only what you bring defensively, but but in that area, you kind of stepped into that role Anthony Levine co-cap had before, mm-hmm. kind of as the I don't know. I don't know. Coco captain? What's, what's the right term here? Uh, Marlo was calling me co-pilot. Co-pilot. <laughs> I like that. That's actually really good. <laughs> well, what did co-cap say to you at the end of the year? How did he evaluate your special team's performance stepping into his shoes? Um, uh, I mean, he, he's, he said I got a way to go. I mean, co-cap, he did that for 10, 10 plus years. So right, right. Um, it's not like he didn't say anything negative like that, but he said yeah. I got ways to go. But uh you know, it, it it was it it was weird for me though because I, I went from seven games starting, right, and then there was some, I I came back at the end of the year, just play, started doing back full time special teams, right. I was telling them, it, like I was telling everyone, it was kind of how to get my groove back. It's 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 different from knowing that's that's all you're gonna play, right. You're studying that all the time. Like sometimes I wasn't studying, it still was I was off certain things, so mm-hmm. uh, I was getting back. I had to get back in my groove. So um, you know, that's that's something that I, I I learned I learned from last year where. You know, I gotta make sure I keep my groove. Whatever, if I'm having a, a limited role on defense, or whatever, uh, right. and playing special teams. Right, right, right. Now you mentioned, you know, you it was a prove. You kind of proved to yourself what you could do last year. I know in college you were a playmaker. So next year, moving forward, how much do you want to show that? Hey, I can be a guy who, you know, if Mike puts me in a rotation regularly, I can be a guy who can make plays. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like that's what everyone on defense wants to do: go out there and make plays. You know, but at the same time. Um, 
I don't want to go out there and, and try to overdo my overdo my play. You know, I don't want to go out there and try to do too much where big plays are given because I mean, as a safety, if you big play giving up is a touchdown. So, um, but yeah, I want to go out there and show I can I can still make plays on the ball, go get picks, uh, force fumbles, whatever it is. So I'll just I'm trying to go out there and get turnovers. I mean, I, I showed in preseason that's got to turned over the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> Last one for me. I, I know there's uh isn't there a good DB coming out of Iowa this year? Riley. Yeah, my boy Riley Moss. Yeah, yeah. So we'll give us the scouting report. You know, it's almost draft season here. Give it to us, yeah. Gino. No, I, I mean, shoot, he's 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 tall. He's taller than you think. He's like six foot, six one. Yeah. Um, but he got speed. He can, he can run. He's a track guy coming out of high school. Okay. Um, so he he got speed, and uh. You know he he likes to he's he's gonna fight. I mean he's not your what your what your stereotypical corner that people are gonna pick. But right. um, but I I play with him for t- uh, two years and um, I mean he, he he's a he's a playmaker. He's a ball hawk. He goes yeah. against a lot of picks. Um, he got good hands and uh, he's reliable. That's one that's one thing I, I can say about Riley. All right, well there you go. EDC's got the scouting report <laughs> straight go. from the source. Gino. All right, Gino. Do you have anything else for him, Cliff? No, I, I think I'm good. I, I was thinking about you the other night, though. I'm sure you weren't happy watching Iowa go down. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Cliff, we're going to end on that note. <laughs> no, I want to know now that his team is out. No, that's all right. I'm, you, a Duke, I'm, a Duke, I'm a Duke fan, though. I'm a Duke You're a Duke fan. fan? I'm a Duke fan. Oh, well, now we got beef. Yeah, Terp, you know, I'm Terp a, Duke. I mean, jeez. I'm a Duke fan, so. Uh, well, all right, Gino. <laughs> we're glad you're back. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats, Thank you, guys. Thrilled to sit down with Justice Hill, fresh off signing his two-year deal to stay here in Baltimore. Just, you know, take us through the emotions of, of staying. Man, this is the best feeling ever. I mean, I did not want to go anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely the place for me. It's home. And so I'm glad we were able to get something done. And it's going to be fun just going through the next seasons. We continue to progress on offense and uh, just go ahead and make some plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was really important to you about staying? Why, why were you like, nah, I definitely mm-hmm. didn't want to go anywhere else? Man, they say it's treacherous out there, man. That's what they say. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's treacherous. But um, now this is just home, and it yeah. definitely built a relationship with a lot of the coaches, the people here, uh, the the staff, everybody, and just the, the city in general. And so, yeah, I really love the place, and uh, it's a great organization, and no place I'd rather be. So. Nice. Because I know last year was probably big for you, coming off an injury contract year. Uh, you did obviously very well. Can you just talk about what last year was like for you, and then now to be healthy mm-hmm. this offseason, what you have, you know, how much you're looking forward to next year, starting a year healthy. Right. Last year was definitely a year that you wanted to, like, come back and prove yourself because everybody coming off the Achilles, um, people kind of count you to lose a step or not be the exact same person you were. But for me, doing that whole process of rehabbing while I was up here, uh, I just wanted to continue to get better and come back even better than what I was. And so I think I was able to come back and, and show some things. And this offseason, I was able to have the whole time not rehabbing to improve some skills. So uh, coming back when the springtime, uh, continue to develop, and then coming back for training camp and get ready for the season, I expect just to make a lot more improvements and m- make a real impact on this team. When, when was it that you got back on the field for the first time last year? I'm trying to remember. Was it mini camp or was yeah, it Yeah, it was right around like LTAs. I think I was ready for yeah. LTAs, but it was still like that transition. Like I wasn't 100%. Well, so, I remember. <laughs> I, yep. I said this the other day. I remember like seeing you out there for OTAs and mini camp, and I was like, dang, Justice <laughs> looks pretty fast and like quick already. Like uh-huh. 
it was just so shocking to me mm-hmm. coming off the Achilles. Usually you do think of it as a long kind of on-ramp, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, man, justice looks good. Yeah, like, <laughs> can you take us into that, that rehab, how mm-hmm. tough that was? And, mm-hmm. and did you even surprise yourself how fast you came mm-hmm. back or what? Oh man, it was a, a, a emotional roller coaster. I would say yeah. that just like you would go, you would progress and then you kind of plateau for a little bit. You don't really see any progress. And it's like, man, what was going on? Like, it was a roller coaster of emotion, but I, I would thank the the trainer staff, Mike Thomas, uh, AD, Ron, everybody in there. Yeah, um, everybody did a tremendous job. Every single day we were up here uh, working away, like from from the time it happened back in September all the way until I got 100 percent clear. Right. And, uh, without them, man, and just staying consistent with it, and and really just putting my all into the recovery, I was able to come back fully, fully 100 percent. So. I have no issue with it now, man, and I'm blessed to be in that situation and continue yeah. to stay healthy throughout last year and in the future. So. At what point did you feel like you were back to 100%? Mm-hmm. It was after minicamp. Like, okay. during minicamp, OTAs, I wasn't 100%. Like, it was, yeah. I was struggling to get through practices, but uh, during during that little break we had before training camp, and yeah. I was jump roping over 1,000 jump ropes every single day. Dang. Like, grinding, and then when I came back for training camp, like – I had no issues at it at all. Like, right, right. So I really think the jump rope <laughs> that, that you, helped me. Do you so do I still, the crossover? You all get, of it. All you of do it. all of it. All right, doing the so tricks. Hey, I, I, I keep it. Like, that's my baby now. So <laughs> me, we need a jump rope. We're best friends. That's funny. <laughs> now, you, Gus, JK have all been through a lot over no, the past definitely. couple of years. Right. How much have you guys helped each other mm-hmm. to get through mm-hmm. what you've been through? And right. we'll talk about the potential of this running back room mm-hmm. next year. Right. Just going through what you have to go through. Sometimes in life, like, when you go through those challenges, it really makes you stronger. And so our whole group had been through massive challenges. And so as a unit, all three of us were super strong, you know, mentally, physically. And there's nothing we haven't seen or prepared for. And so that's only going to catapult us to be one of the best position groups in the, in the entire league. And so uh, I'm excited for this year because – well, we came off last year. We still everybody's trying to get through their injuries, still kind of working through those things. But now we, everybody had a full off season to really get healthy, come back OTAs, get the feet wet again, and then get to the season. We're gonna be rolling, so it's gonna be super, super exciting to learn a new offense too uh, with Todd Monken and all the other coaches they brought in. So I'm excited, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people around the city and everybody around the building excited as well. It really seems like you're the perfect fit for what Todd's looking to do because, you know, I know at his introductory press conference, he talked a lot about space players and getting players in space, quick players, you know, players that can make people miss. That's you. I mean, you can get that edge in a hurry. You know, what do you kind of, I know, obviously, you probably haven't had extensive conversations with Todd yet, but what do you kind of envision your role being as you move forward? Yeah, I mean, just make an impact regardless of where it's at. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I play special teams, do all those things there. Uh, I'm giving 100% to those things as yep. well. Uh, make play, plays there because those things help us win as well. Yep. And then on uh, uh, offense, too, just doing everything, like from blocking to catching, getting the space, making people miss. Uh, all those things are vital. And so I've been working on those things, improving those things, too. So when we come back, put it all together and, and, and utilizing all these players and skill sets that we have, man, it's going to be – dangerous yeah you, you talk about special teams and you've really become a, a very strong special teams player mm-hmm. how'd you go about that and was that really a mindset for mm-hmm. you i, I yeah. feel like mo- a lot of guys on special teams it's usually like big dude they want mm-hmm. big dudes who can run fast That's generally right. you're not necessarily the biggest dude right, right. but you <laughs> become really fast. good but fast you definitely <laughs> got that how did you get so good at special teams yeah. and how important is that to you yeah 
it really was a mindset. Yeah. Because I never played special teams. I never even paid attention to special teams. Like I didn't even know what impact special teams had in the game because I'm just locked in offense. You know, right. like you run the ball, you make touchdown, you kind of go up to the sideline, not pay attention to what's going on <laughs> in the field, right? And, but uh, coming to the league, uh, it's totally different. You know, you, you, in order to get on the field, sometimes you have to go and play special teams. So right. you kind of had that bigger vision in mind. And so – and for me, I just knew this is what I had to do to suit up every game. I knew I had to do this to get some opportunities of offense. And so I took it serious, and uh, I really committed myself to it. And every time I'm out there, I'm like, yo, the person across me is just not going to beat me. And mm-hmm. uh, when you had a mindset, it kind of propels you to success. And so right. um, that's how I was able to kind of create some success on special teams, not ever doing it before in my life. And right. uh, even when it came to tackling people, like I remember the first <laughs> couple of times, Oh, I was on special team. I'm like, get to the situation. I'm like, oh, now I, I just froze. I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> I had tackled somebody since middle school. So, right. um, yeah, man, it's definitely it was definitely a journey, but it was definitely a mindset that 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 helped me. And I mean, I love it now. So. Yeah, and I'm sure that's a, a reason why you were brought back too. No, I mean, fact, it's like both of those things, mm-hmm. offense and special teams. Now he talked about you know Todd and the, the new offense. We've yet to see it, but. I think, you know, Georgia getting running backs involved in the passing game was something that happened. And I know that you have good hands. You haven't really had a chance, you know, to display those type things uh, on a consistent basis. Do you feel like maybe, you know, you can find more of a niche offensively, mm-hmm. too, in an offense that's going to be different than the mm-hmm. one that we previously had? Right. No, for a fact. And uh, it, we, we use, like, a spread offense in, in, in college as well. Mm-hmm. And I know for them, they like to spread the ball. I get the ball to run it back to uh, Todd's offense back in Georgia. So, uh, man, it's gonna be super exciting. Like that's all I can really say. I don't want to go too crazy to it, but <laughs> I'm just happy. Um, but definitely gonna make an impact. So, <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you get the sense? What kind of sense do you get from J.K.? He seemed to, you know, at the years end when he was running the ball better and a little mm-hmm. and healthier. Obviously, he mm-hmm. was kind of chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. You got Gus back. You know, mm-hmm. brought him back again. You know, what kind of sense do you get from those guys and and how hungry they are? Because we sense it mm-hmm. from you for sure. Right. No, those guys are just as hungry, and it. I think sometimes when you bring a little change to uh, that, that brings a new kind of a light, right. uh, new like spark uh, uh, to it. And so right. it really could be the catalyst for our whole team. So I, I know they're excited just as yeah. I'm excited. So <laughs> for sure. Your approach to this off season, you, you have anything different uh, as far as getting ready for next season? Is there anything in particular you're going to work on this off season or just kind of a normal routine for you? Uh, just normal routine, but you can just continue to, uh, work on the things that I really need to. So uh, just catching, route running, and all those things, uh, I'm going to continue to work extremely hard on those things and then just durability, keeping my body healthy, rehabbing, all those things. So uh, this is going to be a continuous process that I've I've been starting the last couple of off-seasons, but just growing onto those things and hitting the places that I need to. So we got to ask you about your brother. The mm-hmm. Bengals uh, had two safeties leaving free agency. Looks yep. like Dax is going to be in a big spot now. <laughs> no, for a fact. I guess we're going to see him a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, we saw, I saw him a lot last year. Uh, yeah. I think I won all those battles. I was going to say, <laughs> did you two ever like square up in the hole? Yeah, like, not, did you have any not like offense and defense, but on special teams, okay. uh, we saw, I saw him a couple of times. And then when I was playing kicker turn with dude was out, uh, he, he might have got a shoestring on me. But <laughs> it. He might have shoestring got me. But one on one, though, when we played Gunner, he was at quarter, man, right, right by. So you seriously <laughs> went one on one with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, so yeah, you're so you're battle. you're talking trash all off season, I mean, then I guess. Yeah, I'm in his head. 
And now he's on defense now a lot more now. I'm, I'm beating his head even more. So yeah, it'll be a fun little rivalry. Yeah, how fun is that? I mean, to have your brother in the same division mm -hmm. playing for a rival. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to be a good time. It's crazy. We played him three times last year. Like right. I didn't play him entire my entire life. I haven't played against him and then played him three times in one season. It, it's wild, but. We'll have a lot more battles to go. Yeah, well, we got we got to get him in the playoffs this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Justice, congrats, man. Oh, yeah. Nice Thanks for you. having nice us. Man. Thanks for coming. Yep. All right. Big thanks to Justice and uh, big thanks to Gino. Pretty awesome to get both those guys back. Uh, we want to remind listeners that the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings, a leader in daily fantasy sports, still has daily fantasy contests running for those looking to have skin in the game. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using code FLOCK. New users will get free entry with their first deposit. That's code FLOCK only at DraftKings. So really, you know, the Ravens have not brought in anybody as of the time of recording this, because things change fast. These yes, podcasts do. tend to get dated quite quickly. But as of recording this, Friday at 1038, okay. um, they have not signed anybody from the outside. So, which isn't really surprising, mm -hmm. um, but they have made some key additions, and not just additions, but retentions let's mm -hmm. say um you know just the contract restructures for some guys first of all that we thought hey these guys might be on the cutting board you know just based off business only you know kept zeitler uh kept uh who am i messing here who else gus mm -hmm. as we said um kept some key guys that could have potentially headed elsewhere right and and now obviously justice you know coming back gino coming back mm -hmm. who were Justice was an unrestricted free agent. Gino was a restricted free agent who became an unrestricted free agent. Those are big moves, you know, and just to kind of keep this team together. And now I think sets them up for in a position where they can bring in somebody from the outside. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, all those signings you mentioned are important um, because you need depth. As Michael Pierce, that was the other restructure. Pierce, I, yes, yeah, yeah. right. So having all those guys now back in the fold, as you said, now they can kind of pick and choose a little bit more and not have to worry so much about replacing, you know, defensive right. line. Exactly. You know, which is tough when you only have five draft picks, too. It is. You, it is. you don't want to create a whole lot of holes and you only have five picks. No. So it's important. We've learned how important depth is for laying around here the past two years, unfortunately, with, with yep. the injuries we've had to make. So, yeah, I mean, this is how the Ravens generally business i mean we've had you know other years with marcus williams last year we brought in some big guys but right the history of the ravens is mostly to do it like this right. you know not jump right in yep. be one of the big players the big spenders right sit back wait and then hopefully add some pieces later on in free agency that are really going to be big and you know there's guys out there some of some of our own you know marcus peters still out there justin houston maybe you know at some point those guys come back and then maybe augment with a piece or two here before or after the draft. Right. For Eric DaCosta, it's always about value. 
right? Mm-hmm. Which really resonates with me. Guy who's always looking for the budget value. <laughs> um, and, and so oftentimes, you know, the Ravens have pounced on kind of that second wave in, mm-hmm. of free agency or even the third wave, right? Like when rosters settle in, you know, kind of shake out a little bit. Sometimes you have guys that are released or whatnot mm-hmm. that break free. Um, you know, so it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens got in into the fray a little bit more here in the second wave of free agency. Um, you know, they still obviously wide receiver, you know, their, the reports are that there's interest in Odell Beckham jr. They're one of three teams, the Cowboys, the chiefs and the Ravens reportedly are the teams that are kind of in on the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. Um, you know, they still have cornerback. Do they bring back Marcus? Do they, they bring in an outside report. There's a report out there or an outside player. I should say there's a report that Rocky Sin uh, is visiting the Ravens. Again, that's just a report. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing a little bit more smoke here that a, a move could be coming. No question. I mean, we've talked about wide receiver and corner ever since the season ended. That yep. The Ravens are going to make moves yep. at those positions. And not maybe just with one. Might be a couple of players at both of those positions when you include the draft and what they may do in free agency. So, yep. yeah, I do expect in the next week or two, that the Ravens are going to bring somebody in from the outside. I, I think that if I had to guess, it's going to happen at one of those two positions, either wide yep. receiver or corner. And, you know, hopefully it'll be someone who can step right in and play a role because, as as they've said, and we all agree that those two positions, they definitely are looking to upgrade and add to what they already have. Right. Now, you know, you're a Temple guy. What do you what do you think? What thoughts on Rocky Sin? Of course. What am I going to say? Man? <laughs> Rock's the man. Right. Hey, if you get a player from Temple, he's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be smart. So yeah, they've had good you know, Tavon Young. Yep. I mean, you know, there's some similarities I think between their game. And Tavon. Yep. Was a heck of a player for the Ravens. Too bad, he, you know, the health issues with him. But yeah, Rocky Sin. I think he's a guy who he's got upside. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. He, he would be a nice fit. I think he, as they say, he already plays like a Raven. So, And I'm sure he's heard things from Tavon about yeah. being here. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember Rock uh, being at the Senior Bowl and having a really good Senior Bowl a number of years back. You know, And then I went to the Colts. I mean, he was like a day two pick, I think, of the he Colts. Second round, yeah. Second mm-hmm. round, exactly. Yes, and and played really well. You know, I mean, he, like Tavon, a, a smaller in stature kind of guy, you right. think of as a traditional more of a nickel corner, which would be a nice fit, especially because you expect to see Kyle Hamilton probably playing a little bit more in that Chuck Clark true safety role. Again, he'll still be used, you know, he's a versatile player. They're going to want to capitalize on that, have him cover tight ends. You probably feel better about Kyle Hamilton covering some of these big body tight ends and rocking us in. But if they're going to go three wide with some shifty little wide receiver, you know, in the slot, I'd feel great about Rocky Sin. Again, we're talking about this. It's, you know, there's Mm -hmm. reports, there's reports he's visiting. We're not sitting here saying he's a Raven, Mm -hmm. but like I, I would be in favor of that move if they were to bring him in. I think that would be a good addition. And it also means. I don't think it rules out the possibility that if they come to a, a good deal with Marcus Peters potentially down the line that he could still return. And I would be stunned if the Ravens didn't draft a cornerback in the first two days of the draft. You know, if they, I, I think there's certainly a possibility they could draft one in the first round. It's loaded. And if they don't get one in the first round, you know, with the third round would not be surprising to me at all. Right. And I mean, at that position, depth is crucial. I mean, it's hard right. to keep guys Stockpile healthy. them. It is. I mean... You never know. It seems like every year, oh, we're set at corner, and then like exactly by week four, we're like we don't, 
we don't have enough corners. So. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, all of, I agree with everything you said there. I feel like, yeah, the Ravens, this year's draft being deep at that position obviously is an advantage for them. Yep. Uh, they, they could jump on a guy they love day one. If they don't, there'll still be quality there day two. Yep. And that wide receiver, uh, you know, like I said, there's the the report that the Ravens are one of the interested teams in Odell. What are your thoughts on that? Odell's an extremely talented guy. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest concern right now would be health, you know, staying healthy all year. But Odell, he's a difference maker. And I think that it's funny. He's he's the type of guy that teammates get excited seeming about playing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everybody sees, has seen the talent. Yeah, he's 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 a guy, right. you know. And, you know, Todd Mongan even talked about, you know, he's, he's, he's a face guy. He's a guy that mm-hmm. brings recognition. He, I think he would definitely excite the fan base. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker. Yep. Uh, I would just keep my fingers crossed, like with every player, but definitely can he stay healthy? Yeah, I mean, I think the question with him is can he be that dude again? You know, and and teams reportedly went out and saw him do a workout recently, and and I saw a couple clips online look pretty good, um, <laughs> look sweet and one handers and stuff. I mean, yeah. he looks fast. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2019. Now, who was his offense coordinator back then? Todd Munkin with the Cleveland Browns. As you said, Todd said, you know, he's an electric player. I really like Odell. So I think we know where, where he stands on the <laughs> yeah, issue. Yeah, where he's voting, right, um, right. But, you know, I mean, there's reports that, that Odell wants a pretty big contract, multi-year contract. You know, can the Ravens make that, you know, make that happen right now with their salary cap situation? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's certainly intriguing. I think that there will be a veteran wide receiver added to this team at some point. Yep. You know, the, the Vikings released Adam Thielen. Is is that somebody, you know, especially you know how the Ravens like to jump on guys who are released so they don't pick, count against mm-hmm. the comp pick formula. Mm-hmm. It, could that be a fit maybe down the line? It, it, could a trade happen? I, I think, and I've said before, I think that that's a very interesting avenue to explore is, is trading for a wide receiver, you know, because it can be difficult in free agency. You don't have a lot of cap room. If you trade for somebody, they come theoretically potentially at a bunch, much better cap number. Um, a guy like Jerry Judy, for example, but do you want to give up a first round pick for a wide receiver? That's going to be under contract for two more years, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a, a yin and a yang there. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I do think that just because, you know, we're seeing a lot of free agent wide receivers come off the board, right? Juju goes, Paris Campbell recently is gone. Uh, the guy with the Slayton is gone with the giants. You know, you're starting to see what was originally a slower market start to get rolling a little bit now. So I think the Ravens benefit, it hasn't been outrageous numbers. It hasn't been very expensive, but the names are starting to dwindle a little bit. I think the Ravens at some point will get in on that action. No question. I mean, uh, you know, there's rumors, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is supposed to be on the block too. That's another big name mm-hmm. receiver who, you know, some might be playing elsewhere. Now that's a season. different salary cap situation. That is. M- much different than Judy. That yeah. is. But you know what? I mean, my feeling is, you know, why receivers, generally speaking, I mean, there's been guys who step right in like Jamar Chase who've been dominant, but, that position sometimes it does take a couple of years for a guy to be impacted. And that's one uh, advantage of going after a veteran guy. You know, if you can find a guy who's already established in the league, who has some juice, who can step right in and help. To me, this is a great opportunity for wide receiver yep. to come in. I mean, new offensive coordinator. Um, you'll have an opportunity here, I think. I mean, the question is Lamar. Well, the question is Lamar. 
It all every comes, every wide receiver that's all, thinking about coming to Baltimore. That's comes back to the Lamar. first question is: right, right, Is right. Lamar thrown to me, right. or is he not? That question will be answered at some point. Yeah, and yes, it's it's up in the air. But I'm still, if I'm a guy looking for an opportunity, I don't rule it out because of the Lamar situation coming to Baltimore. I really yeah, don't. I would agree. I mean, it's a winning winning team. Exactly. They they want you at that position. They want you to be an impact guy. No matter who's throwing the ball to you, you'll get an opportunity to show what you can do. So, yeah, I mean. Well, I, I think there's a different. I think that the change at offensive coordinator exactly. this offseason certainly impacts, and people around the league see all that stuff. And I think that they look at Todd Munkin and say, all right, he had that Georgia offense humming. It's pretty clear, I think, that he wants to get the wide receivers more involved. I do think that Baltimore is a more probably desirable uh, destination to come for wide receivers now that the, the change has been made to OC. And that's no shade. I think that's just probably the facts. Under Greg Roman, it was seen as a very run-heavy offense. It was. It was, <laughs> right. it was not only seen, it was. Exactly. Right. right. No question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, you know, the other thing that to keep in mind here is the Ravens also need to keep enough salary cap space, enough cash free in case the team does make an offer to Lamar Jackson, they reach an offer sheet so that the Ravens have the ability to say, all right, we'll match that. If you get, if you box yourself into a corner where you can't, if you make it easier for other teams to sign him to an offer sheet that you cannot match, well, now it's, it's more risky that you could lose Lamar. So I think that's also part of the equation for the Ravens and why they ha we haven't seen them spend a lot of money yet is they need to keep that door open and make sure that they can make every effort to keep Lamar here. It's an unusual offseason. It is, for sure. For uh, sure. You know, and yes, he's, he's a franchise quarterback. And yes, that's the number one priority. So mm -hmm. it does affect everything. Yep. As you know, Eric DeCosta said some, as much at the Combine that, yes, it does affect other things that we're doing. But I think the Ravens have done a good job so far with, with Lamar's situation still being unsettled to accomplish, you know, some of the signings that they yep. are. Um trying to figure out what they're going to do with the draft and free agency. They haven't let it paralyze them, Yep. but it's unusual. And, yeah, it's it's going to remain the elephant in the room until it's settled. You know, what's going to happen with Lamar? Yep, for sure. Well, thank you, Cliff, for joining us. Clifton Brown, everybody, stepping in for Garrett on this Friday. And to all those of you watching, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Keep those ratings coming in. And if you haven't already done so, check out Ravens Press Packs. Uh, it's where all of our press conferences will go, all of our locker room interviews. Make sure you check out, subscribe, rate, and review that as well. Things are changing fast. So I'm sure we'll be back with you in not too long. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.